At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 11th, 9, 2023. By the way, that means it's my birthday. August 11th is my birthday, so you can. Um, I got a lot of birthday wishes today, and I thank you for your birthday wishes thoughts. So we're rolling through August and watching the markets with pretty with a lot of interest. I am. And I, I love it. I've been doing it for a decade, so I really enjoy it, or else I wouldn't do it. And as you know, I'm Steve Peasley, and, and I'm here and I, here on this show, and Justin and I do this every day, and our intent is to provide you information, data, answers to questions, investment questions, any money questions you might have. Now, I've been doing this way over 50 years, people. That tells you I'm old, Okay. But I'm still sharp enough to help you with your information that you need. You know, I, it's it's yeah. You know, this is one of the biggest problems. There's so much information, so many places to go. How do you know what you're reading is accurate? Even I mean, I've had many emails from people, from uh, listeners who are you know very much. Uh, attuned to what's going on and they have information that varies from mine my information is this is coming from different sources than theirs and they think that i'm wrong because i'm giving them different numbers well you know what it depends on how you look at it for instance a pe ratio price earnings ratio well i always look at it looking forward what are the estimated earnings for next year what's the price of the stock right now and what's the earnings going to be next year so what is next year's pe ratio based on the stock price today some people look at it at as the rolling 12 months some people look at it at the last 12 months each one of those is different numbers so it's not that simple. Anyways, I'm here to help you with information. And I'm going to blend your questions into my information, information that your questions to blend with the information I have to answer your questions and then try to broaden it out for everybody else to get something out of it. It's really what I'm doing. I, am, I consider myself a teacher at this point. I mean, I don't really need money anymore. I have done this in enough years that I've been pretty successful. I can sit back. I can quit if I want to, but I still like doing it. I still want to do it. And if I can help people, I will do it. But you got to ask the question, so give me a call. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And the focus point I'm going to concentrate on today is why is insider trading so difficult to stop? I would like anybody out there to define, the, give me the legal definition of insider trading. You can't. You know why you can't? It's impossible. You know why that's true? Um, we're going to talk about it. I'll tell you why. 
Time permitting, I'm also going to talk about a few other things. The PPI number, producer price index number, inflation number was out today. Uh, I want to talk about tech companies who are continuing to slash spending. They're slashing spending. I want to talk about Social Security and COLA. Do you know what that is, COLA? I want to talk about what COLA is going to be next year. And is the market pricing in the next shoe to drop? Do you know what the next shoe to drop, in my opinion, is? If you listen to my show, you probably know. If not, I'm going to give it to you. That's what we're going to talk about today. Of course, you, you tell me what you want to talk about, and that's where we'll go. But I'm going to try to get to these points by the end of the show. I really, 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 really will. And if there's voice bank questions also, uh, Unum Group, there's a question about Unum Group. There's a question about Estee Lauder Company. You know, the beauty company. Uh, so we'll, we'll answer those. Also, the KPP Premium Newsletter will go out tomorrow morning, meaning we finished it today. So maybe we can get to that too. We usually do on Friday. And I usually give you some uh, some of the basic numbers that come out, you know, the treasury numbers, the gold and silver and gasoline and oil numbers. As usual, lots to do. The market was mixed today. The Dow was up 83. The Nasdaq was down 97, and the S&P was down 8. So I would say that the market was down today because the S&P 500 is 500 of mostly the largest companies, uh, public companies. So if that's down, generally most of the market is down. Not necessarily so. So please, those people who think I'm wrong all the time when I say this stuff, I'm not saying it's all true. I'm just saying it's generally true. Because I know, you know, that there's certain big companies, Apple, Microsoft, big company, Google, big company, Amazon, that drive the indexes. So if they go up or down, that greatly influences the indexes. So I can say the S&P was down 8 points today and say generally the market was down. And that may not be so. Because what if just the big guys were down and a bunch of other companies with them, but there was over, remember, there's 500 companies. What if it was 251 companies that were up? Then the market was generally up today, huh? See, so, okay, don't, you know, I hate it when people get so nitpicky, they lose sight of the bigger picture. And that's what we're talking about, okay? The big picture here when I talk about the indexes. Anyways, we got a lot of stuff to do. But I want to take your live calls. That's the first thing that's on my list to do. Do you get a call? 888-99-CHART. That's what I want to hear. First, let's go to our first voicemail right now. Hi, this is Austin from Oklahoma. Long-time listener. I'm calling about Chegg. C-H-G-G. Let me know what you think about this. Thank you. I'll be listening. Okay, so let's pull that up, okay, everybody? It's Chegg, Inc., Chegg Inc., uh, let's see, it is a, a, a small company, $1.1 billion. And, you know, and that's not tiny, that's not micro, it's just small. Okay, it provides digital products and services, print textbooks and textbooks to students via its online platforms. It's a $10.15 stock right now. Uh, they're going to make $1.10 this year, $1.16 next year. So earnings went down 15% this year, or at least that's the estimate, and then up 5% next year. So $1.16 on $10 stock, that tells you it's a 9 PE, right? 
The five-year average is 7 to 92. Return on equity is a very good number, 17%. Management owns 2%. Mutual funds have been slowly selling it the last year, and they have a good chunk of debt, which worries me. But what worries me more is the last one, two, three, four, five, five quarters in a row of shrinking sales. That's what worries me more than anything else. Not shrinkage a lot. 182 million, you know, 205 million. I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's not huge. It's just enough to say, wait a minute, maybe it deserves that very low PE. And that's what I would do. That's my opinion is it deserves that low PE. Now, if you're a long-term holder, the company's been around a long time, uh, and it uh, it has made money every year. It's that it's very solid. The return on equity is very good. Strong cash flow. You know, if you're patient enough, I think it could easily go back up to the twenties. But it's going might it might take a long time. You know, you got to be really really patient with it. The highest it's ever been is one hundred fifteen dollars, and that was two thousand twenty one. So can this be the bottom? Uh, you know, it's ten dollars. Well. It was got down as low as eight something. So I think you know, this could be the bottom, but I just don't care for it myself. Now, as we had to break, let me tell you about a new video feature we are producing. It is called the Invest Talk Sector Spotlight. And it's free, just like everything we do, it's free on YouTube. Okay, the second episode is available and it talks about energy sector, the energy sector. So, as you may know, the energy sector is pretty volatile, especially with the ongoing war in Ukraine, in the wake of the fallout from COVID events. So, there's a lot of pitfalls going on. Okay, so we got some energy sector insights, and what should you do with the investments for the energy sector? So, go head over to YouTube channel and check out the Invest Talk Sector Spotlight. And now my phone lines are open, waiting for your questions, 888-99-CHART. Justin Klein talks about the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. I want to remind you that this is a time where you probably need some guidance and you're tuning in to try to get our view of the markets. And we only have an hour here and, and sometimes the way I distill each day can be maybe not enough, maybe not enough time. And so our premium newsletter is a great tool for especially newer investors trying to learn some things. The KPP Financial Premium Newsletter comes to your mailbox every Saturday. Learn how to analyze the market, learn what the economic numbers mean, learn how to manage a portfolio, maybe get an idea of what are good companies to be at least looking at. Maybe you don't buy it today, but you should always have a watch list of companies that hey, these are interesting. These have good businesses. And if they get the right price, maybe I should buy them. So our newsletter is a great tool for that. Subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So why is insider trading so difficult to stop? One of the main reasons is because there's no clear legal definition of what counts as insider trading. 
What's the legal definition? There is no clear legal definition. I can give you a general stand. I can what SEC thinks is generally insider trading, and that is trading occurring when a person or entity makes a profitable trade based on information that is not available to the general public. Okay, so what if you're an invested an activist? You know, an invest, investor activist who who you know wants the management to do better, get, maybe gets on the board and complains about the management or trying to get the prop stock to go up, and he knows more information uh, because he is an activist and he's on the board. Is he doing insider trade if he decides to sell or buy? Is he insider trading? He could be. There's no legal definition. Did you know Martha Stewart? Remember that? was famously accused of insider trading in early 2000. Did you know she was never, ever found guilty of insider trading? Nothing. Nothing. So why did she go to jail? Obstruction of justice. She was found guilty of obstruction of justice, not insider trading. Because it's very, very difficult to prove insider trading. Usually they get these people... To plea bargain, a guilty plea, because it's so hard to prove. Because there's no legal definition of what it is. You could say, well, gee, I didn't. uh, One of the main things they point to as insider trading is you uh, uh, knowing that you did it and, and profited because of it. What if you say, I didn't know I was doing that. Some friend of mine told me that was a good stock to buy, so, you know, you know, it's so hard to prove. Most people plead guilty because they don't want to be uh, try the case. First of all, it's super expensive because you've got to hire attorneys. Second of all, uh, what if you found guilty? Will you get a heavier sentence? It's kind of a crappy situation because, you know, I'm, I am so much against insider trading I just don't know what it is, and we could so the, you know, the SEC could easily, the Congress easily come up with a definition and clarify what it means. Therefore, everybody knows, you know, what they're dealing with. We don't, though. It's very frustrating. You know, so you got to be real careful. What does that do? It makes everybody extra careful of what they say and know and do. You know, it's just, I mean, I have a, I had a very good friend who used to work for a company called Helena Troy, which is a pretty large company. And we would talk about the company and, you know, what they're doing. And they bought, they bought uh, Hydro Flask. And you remember Hydro Flask? The, the, you know what that is? Anyways, they, they were, he, he was thinking about buying it, and the company was thinking about buying it. And I, I stayed away from anything we talked about. I would not buy or sell anything. Because I was scared I'd be accused of insider trading. And he wasn't really giving me insider information. He was just, we were just talking about what's going on. And I would never, ever, ever. Because I didn't know what, it, I didn't know what the, if, what if I would be insider trading? I, I didn't know. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, everybody. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank. If you would, I really would like that. Or if you're listening live, either on AM 1220 out of San Francisco Bay Area or on investtalk.com, give me a call, 888-99-CHART.
building your financial future, but you must have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Adrian from Texas, and I was calling with regards to ticker symbol EL, that's the Estee Lauder Company. It's been going down, but I saw a little bit of a pickup this past week, but not sure if it's going to last or not. So wanted to know what your thoughts were, if it's worth looking into, keeping it on my watch. Thank you very much. I would say no, don't, 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 no, don't look at it. Esther Lauder, everybody, uh, manufactures makeup, free, uh, fragrance, uh, skin, hair care products in over 150 countries, uh, un, uh, under-owned and licensed brands, a lot of different brands. It's a $59 billion company. It's big, okay? But uh, it's out of New York Stock Exchange. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it all. Last four quarter sales have done nothing but shrink. 10%, 11%, 17%, 12%. Okay? Before that, that, they grew at that level or higher, but now they're shrinking. They're going to make $5.04 next year. It's $167 stock. What is that? What kind of P.E. ratio is that? 33, 34, something like that? With shrinking sales? Heck no. The av- no, the average, the average S&P 500 PE is 15. And this company deserves 33? I don't think so. Their five-year range of, for them is 25 to 73. So it is near the lower end. And yes, it has great return on equity of 45%. That's all true. And mutual funds are, have been holding on to it. Not one, there was 2,902 mutual funds owning it a year ago. Today, it's same number, 2,902. So they've been holding on to it. And the stock prices fell from 300 bucks down $374 in 2022, all the way down to 167 He's like, man, that's really collapsed. It's got to be a great buy. No, no, it was way overexpensive then, and now it's just very overexpensive. So no, I'd stay away from it. I generally may t- take time to do a quick rundown on some of the key benchmark numbers uh, for the week. So let's get to it. Two-year treasury yield, 4.89%. Okay, last week is 4.81%. Okay, so 4.89%, almost 4.9%. Very close to 5% for a two-year treasury. Ten-year, very close to 4%. 416 Full. So a full... more to hold a two-year treasury is to hold it for 10 years per year. So that's an inverted yield curve. I've been talking about it for a year and eight months. (laughs) It's still inverted. I stay away from it, people. Um, This tells you, now that's why I would probably, I wouldn't stay away from treasuries, but I'd be on the shorter end. I mean, I'd be on the two-year end. And remember, I talked about earlier this week that maybe shorting the long end, shorting the long end treasuries. If you don't know what that means, don't do it. Don't even think about it. But, you know, you could hold on to your money, buying two-year treasuries, and make 5% on your money and with no risk. Or you can buy a stock market. You can make, on average, 10%, but you have to take risks. 
That's really what you're weighing. Are we taking more risk today than normal? Yes, you are. Because the market's done so well. They're taking even more risk. Gold, $1,913 an ounce. It's been in the $19 to $2,000 an ounce for a couple of years. It's done nothing. So not exciting to hold, but it does hold its value. You've got to give it credit. Silver today, $22.65 an ounce. A year ago, it was 23 and a year and a quarter ago. $23.94. It's paying more than the now. So those two things haven't done anything. National average for gas or oil. Let's talk about oil. $83.69 a barrel. It was $79 a barrel two weeks ago. Uh, a year and a half ago, it was $66 a barrel. Uh, gasoline is $3.56 a, a gallon now. Uh, a year ago, a little over a year ago, a year and a quarter ago, it was three fifty-seven. dollars So up, it's down a penny. <laughs> no, not a movement there, right? California, $5.11, even though you can spend $5.20, $5.25 easy per gallon here in California. Southern, Southern Carolina is only paying three fifty, So we're almost, what, dollar, <laughs> moving on to $2 more than them per gallon here in, in California for absolutely no reason. Really, there's no reason why I should be so expensive. There isn't. No good reason, let's put it that way. Taxes, uh, litigation, anti-energy anti policies or pro-clean energy policies. You know, I, I want clean energy. I really do. I, I really do. I, I think it's the wave of the future. It's going to come. But, man, at these prices, all you're doing is hurting, hurting the poorest, poorest citizens in California. You're hurting the poorest people. They can't afford to buy a new electric car. Those cars are kind of expensive. They're not cheap. So you're hurting people that you want to help the most. It's just frustrating for me. Okay. Let's grab a break, okay? My phone lines are open. The number is 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. 
The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Yeah, this is Jesse calling from Oklahoma. I had a question about Unum Group, ticker symbol UNM. I've acquired this oh, back at the end of March of this year, and it's done well for me. Got a full position in it. I was just curious what you thought about the company, whether it's a hold or if you think maybe this is a good time to take some profits or if you see maybe a reason to lower my position in it. Just wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, on the company. Appreciate your time and uh, love the show. Actually, it looks pretty good still. Unum Group uh, provides group and individual disability insurance, group life insurance, mainly in the U.S. and U.K. $9.6 billion company, so just on the cusp of being a big company, big cap company. Uh, they've been growing sales very slow, 2 3%. You know, that's fine. Uh, but they're underpriced. They're going to make $7.84 next year, and the stock is $49. So you're looking at like a 6 P.E. Now, I will say this. It never has ever earned a very high P.E. 2 to 9 is its range, five-year range. 2 to 9, and it's going to be 6 next year. So it's not at the lower end of its range. Our return on equity is 12%. Cash flow is $7.21, and it pays 3% dividend. But if you look at a chart, this stock has done nothing but go up slowly over time. And it probably will continue to do so. I mean, I, if you're worried about it, I might follow follow it with a type stop and you know, to get out of the stock. But right now, it looks looks fine. Okay, and if you, if it gets to be too big a part of your portfolio, you can always cut back and I, you'll rebalance it. I don't have a problem with that. But it looks like it's on a run, and I let it run as far as I can let it run. The KPP Premium Newsletter was finished, okay, and it was out tomorrow. It'll be out tomorrow with all the subscribers. Uh, quick preview. Uh, in the market conditions section, at midday, U.S. equities were trading mostly down with major indices poised for a weekly decline. Big tech stocks were generally lower, while the energy sector stood out with recent strong performance, possibly indicating the onset of the next phase of the rally. Maybe. The key driver behind this week's performance was once again inflation, influenced by hot consumer price index, CPI, and producer price index. There still wasn't too hot, though. It wasn't like out of, uh, you know, unreasonable. July saw a reacceleration of inflation, marking the first increase in 13 months, despite the headline CPI number showing a 3.2% rise. Deeper analysts of the report reveals, reveals signs of easing inflationary pressure. Core inflation, including volatile uh, energy and food categories, displayed a slower year-over-year growth to, of 4.7% in July. 47 is still pretty high. Remember, the target for the Fed is 2, which I think is unreasonably low. Recent data reflecting a co- cooling down of the labor market further supports the case for the Federal Reserve refraining from raising interest rates in September. So we don't think they're going to raise them then. The market is pricing at like a 90% chance of a rate pause. 
The persistence of inflation at current levels has prompted investors to flock to the bond market at an unprecedented pace. Remember, not that this is not in the newsletter. There's a competition for money between bonds and stocks. Bonds and stocks. The more interest rate, the more yield the bonds pay, the more attractive it becomes for investors to want it. And so that means that money is not there to invest in stocks. Right? I mean, if you can make if you can make 10% on your money in bonds and you can make 10% of your money in stocks, which would you pick? You would obviously, if the bonds were safe, quote-unquote safe, good solid bonds, investment grade or better, you'd pick bonds in a heartbeat. Why risk all your money or half your stock could be cut in half an instant? I mean, it just fast. So, you know, there's always that competition. So we're saying... You know, money is flocking to bonds is what we're saying. Okay, um, let's see. The persistence of inflation, I already read that part. Mm-hmm. It's prompted investors to flock to the bond market, which I just said. Uh, investors are anticipating upcoming data releases in the following week. Noteworthy items include retail sales, housing data, regional manufacturing figures. And there's a lot more commentary in, in the newsletter, everybody. In the stock ideas section, we highlighted two. A pure play automation competitor. The firm operates through three segments, intelligent devices, software and control, and life cycle services. The company has healthy net margins of 17% with a moderate debt load. We believe profitability will continue to improve as more companies are attracted to lower costs through automation. The other one, a company that develops and manufactures therapeutic medical devices for chronic diseases. It's perfo- you know I like this sector, right? Its portfolio includes pacemakers, defibrillators, heart valves, stents, insulin pumps, spinal fixation devices, neurovascular products, advanced energy and surgical tools. Uh, it has historically held a roughly 50% share in its core heart devices. The company pays 3.2% dividend yield. The stock has had a recent pullback, but looks to be holding support around 82. Of course, we name names in the newsletter. You know, you'll get who they are if you get the newsletter. So I've given you a little sample teaser of the latest KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe, subscribers will receive the full edition via email each Saturday. And now they also get the portfolio and consumer sections that we hardly ever talk about, but there's two other sections that, that, that are in there. There's four sections of the newsletter altogether. Learn more and subscribe anytime in the investtalk.com website. So... PPI, producer price index, inflation at the consumer producer level is three grew at three tenths of one percent in July. That was more than expected, by the way. Um, and of course, we just said the Fed's likely not to raise rates next month. Uh, they're probably not. Probably going to leave them alone. Uh, core inflation, as I mentioned, was four point seven percent, and that's a year over year lowest level since two thousand twenty one. By the way. Tech companies continue to slash spending. Remember a few months back, we were talking about how they were laying off people, tech companies, and that would give a spat of worry about, well, if the tech companies are laying off people, do they know something we don't know? 
Now, there's one exception in the artificial intelligence area, and they're hiring people. But now, their cuts, the tech companies' cuts not only are in the layoffs, but also in capital spending. Okay, meaning new manufacturers, new buildings, new whatever they need. Um, they're cutting that back. And we're talking about like Google cut back, uh, you know, $1.3 billion year over year. Chip makers, multi-billions year over year. So, you know, just letting you know that their tech companies are still cutting back and they're expanding where they're cutting back. Just not new hires. They're cutting back more broadly. This is Invest Talk. Let's pivot back to another voice bank question that came in earlier from Arizona. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Terry from Phoenix. I appreciate your guys' show. Um, I have a question about what's really become uh, one of my favorite dividend growth stocks, and that's ticker symbol CDW. I just feel like it's really underfollowed and not doesn't get a lot of hyper attention anywhere that I see. So I want to make sure I don't have any blind spots. I've been looking to add to it for a while, but it always seems a little pricey. And it's never cheap. And I just wondered if, you know, if there's anything that I'm missing or if it really is as good as I think it is. And maybe it's just one of those I'm going to have to pay up or to add my position for the foreseeable future based on the performance. They're planning to grow their dividend pretty much every year by anywhere from 15 to 25%. And they've been consistent with that. Just seems to be a really well-run organization. And appreciate your thoughts. Thanks. I would be a little patient. CDW Corporation provides information technology, hardware, software products to consumers in the U.S., U.K., and Canada. Uh, and the reason why I'd be a little patient, it's a $27 billion company. The stock is trading at $203 a share, and they're going to make $9.74. Okay, so that means a Ford PE of about 22 and the range is 13 to 28 So I just think it's a little expensive. I would not buy it at this level. I'd wait for a pretty deep pullback, maybe down to about 160-ish. And you're going to get it. This stock, you look over all the years. If I go back to 2016, the stock was low of 30, high of 55. And I look at all the years subsequently, just go back to last year, 2022. The low was 147. The high was 208. Okay, so I think... You're right now, it's like only, what, a few percentage points off the 52-week high? Well, I'd rather see you buy it a few percentage points above the 52-week low. Okay, so that means back to 160. <laughs> I would be patient. It's a well, you're right, it is a well-run company, has a very good return on equity, but it also has a lot of debt, and that's why it has a very good return on equity. So that debt worries me. Very good cash flow, $10.81, so they probably can afford the debt. I would want to know why they have so much debt, though. They say they, they're going to buy this year, they were going to buy, you know, $750 million worth of common stock. You know, well, that's, you know, not a lot. You know, they were going to buy back. That's not a lot. Anyways, I, I wait for it to hit a fit near a 52-week low before I would be interested in it. I probably wouldn't be then because it pays only 1.2% dividend, and I think that's pretty low. Even though they're growing the dividend, it's still a low rate. This is Invest Talk. I want to talk to you. It is Friday. The weekend is here. Well, at least almost here. So let's keep moving play the second in a row from 888-99 chart. Hi. I am calling about Kraft Heinz Company. Ticker K-H-C. 
uh, I was wondering if I could get some insight about this company and what you thought about it. I'll be listening on your program. Thank you for all the good information. Thanks, Scott. Well, I like it, but it's not a growth company. It's not going to excite you as far as P.E. ratios and growth and you're going to make a lot of capital appreciation. But at this point, it makes it pays a 4.6% dividend. This is Kraft Heinz, a $42 billion company. Makes food products, beverages, cheese, conventional meals, other grocery products sold worldwide. And they're going to keep doing that. It's a low-margin business, but they're going to keep doing it. They've been growing their business 3 4 6 8% a quarter for the last year. And they probably will continue to grow it slowly. And that's why I like it. Slow growth. They're paying a 4.6% dividend, and the high last year was $44 a share. It's $34 a share now. I think that's probably a pretty darn good place to pick. They made $2.93 in 2021, and the range was 31 to 44 Okay? They're going to make two ninety eight this year. Not much difference, and it's a $34 stock. So what if it goes up to 44 you realize how a percentage of capital appreciation, if it goes back up to 44 and you get a 4.5% a dividend, you just made a great profit. Let's say it takes a year. Let's say it takes two years. You still made a very solid profit on a very solid company. That's not going to go anywhere. It's a food company. People always need food. Anyways, just not exciting. You know, it's just not exciting. Not going to be exciting. They don't have much debt. Mutual funds are slowly buying. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Social Security. COLA. COLA. What's COLA? Cost of living adjustment. Every year, they make a cost of living. Last year, it was 8.8%. In other words, if you were collecting Social Security, you you got 8.8% more for the year. Next year, coming up, it's only going to be about 3%. Much, much less increase this year. And what's very disappointing for seniors, seniors that are on a budget, that are no longer making an active income and living off Social Security and their investments and savings, seniors get hurt the worst because the things that, you know, remember, they base the COLA on inflation. Well, so inflation's come way down. We know that. Great. Okay. Okay. It's come way down. Still pretty high. But the areas that cost the seniors the most, inflation hasn't come way down. And that is housing, which means rents gone up, especially for nursing homes and uh, you know, assisted living places, up like 8%, 8.8%. So that's still pretty darn high. And food. Now, things that the seniors, you know, rents and food. That affects them directly, mostly because they're on a fixed income situation. So, you know, for them, inflation is a lot higher because of what they spend their money on. So that's not a good situation for the seniors. Okay, but COLA, remember, cost of living adjustment. Every year, That's the, you get that uh, depending on inflation. But, of course... It depends on how the government counts inflation. What do they count in their inflation numbers? And they've changed that over the years, everybody. It doesn't say the same all the time. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, everybody, to help you achieve financial freedom. 
We want you to achieve it. We want to help you with it. And the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Grace in San Francisco. How are you doing, Grace? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I'm kind of curious. In this uh, environment, is a good idea if you want to have international exposure to get into this ETF VEA? Well, I, I'll tell you this: that most markets, uh, most emerging markets right now, are in recessions, and this Vanguard ETF we're talking about is for uh, developed markets, developed economies outside the United States. Exchange-traded funds secret performance corresponding to the FTSE Developed XUS Index, meaning all developed countries outside the United States. Okay, so I, I like that, that that's kind of probably a higher quality group of companies, but there's also going to be less growth. But right now, uh, you know, uh, emerging markets are suffering because China is suffering. Okay, I don't know if you heard me earlier this week, their imports mm-hmm. and exports really fell sharply, China's did, and that affects a lot of different markets because, you know, it's China, United States, and the EU, the three big economic powers in the world, and even though we're doing pretty well, we mean in the U.S., China is not, and the EU has never done great, never going to do bad, just kind of coming along. Um I do like this index for the long term. I think it will do well long term. I do. But you're going to have to be patient. It's not going to be, you know, super exciting and go up 20, 30% every year. Nothing like that. But it will be very steady and pretty durable. Let's put it that way. So, I mean, the highest it's ever been has been about 47 in 2020. Today is 46. Okay, well, I take that back. Uh, 2023 was 53, got up to 53. Okay, mm-hmm. but it doesn't go down very much either. And it pays a 2.6% dividend, so not too bad. So it would be a good, solid position in your portfolio. Grace, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. VEA, everybody, Vanguard Developed Markets Index, ETF. Okay? Okay. Is the market pricing the next shoe to drop? So what's the next shoe to drop? What do I think it is? And you probably ferreted it out if you listen to me very often. I think it's debt. I think it's office building debt. I think that's the next shoe to drop. Because everybody working from home, that whole philosophy coming out of COVID and people not wanting to go back to work into an office. And I think that trend is going to continue. Therefore, there's a lot of vacant spaces in a lot of cities around the United States, and banks, loaning institutions, they are you know are suffering because they own these buildings, or they loan money to the buildings, and will end up owning these buildings if the owners decide to walk away. And I think that's going to be your biggest 
problem. So how do you avoid that? Well, that money you have and for biggest office buildings and stuff, you can push that money maybe into investment-grade bonds who are averaging 5.5% a year now. Did you ever think of that? Investment-grade bonds. These are corporate bonds. Investment-grade, meaning high quality, very low, very low default rates. I think that's where you would move if you are exposed to a lot of office buildings. Now, I'm not saying all types of office buildings are going to suffer. For instance, I don't think uh, medical office buildings are going to suffer at all. I think they actually will grow. Maybe there's opportunities there, you know, because they are going to grow. Baby boomers, my generation, we are getting older and sicker and more feeble, and we're going to need more medical health care, more assisted living places, and so on and so forth. So I see their, their possibility of profiting pretty high going forward. So there are places to be. How about, uh, how about those uh, artificial intelligence? Okay, that means those storage farms of, uh, farms of uh, computers out there for data, for the Internet. I think that might be a good property to consider. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You get yours anytime from iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, and try to remember to rate us on iTunes if that's how you download our program. And thank you very much. We have 54.7 million downloads. Thank you very, very much for that. Independent thinking, share success. I want everybody to have a great and enjoyable weekend. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.